Thanks for downloading this episode of the Backstage with the Simple Church podcast. We are joined by two fantastic guests today, executive oh. pastors, one former, one current, John Hagler and Ray Rainey. Yes. Welcome back Hagler. to the podcast. Both of y'all been on frequent, wonderful contributors. And Thank you. Today, you're talking about the Holy Land. Yes, we are. <laughs> you both recently went on a trip. Ray, first introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you if somebody at Simple Church doesn't know who you are, and then we're going to get into y'all's trip. Yes, sir. Uh, Jay Brainy. Uh, <laughs> Jay Brainy? What does the J stand Jay, for? Jay Brainy. Oh. It's Just an kidding. old, old joke. Just Evan. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, pastoral care at the Simple Church. Kind of help out Brian. Reed. <laughs> Did you forget his name? <laughs> yeah, I forgot. That's your boss. I know. <laughs> don't let him hear this. He, uh, he, he don't, don't listen. listen. No. no. <laughs> okay. Only when he's on. So, uh, <laughs> been there three years. It's been a wonderful ride. Flown by. Wonderful, yes, he has, says. Has flown by. Wonderful. That's right. You and John go way back. These guys, way back. Absolutely. Yeah, we won't get into Yeah, I think I met that. you in the 90s. That's correct. Which was like 30 years ago now. That's like, pretty shocking. <laughs> yeah, 96, 95, 96. Probably 95-ish. Yeah. Yep. There you go. All right, so. John, tell us about you. John Hagler, they call me an executive pastor, which is kind of a funny title. <laughs> Still don't know exactly what that does, but basically kind of a general manager of the church. And yes, I recently went to the Holy Land, Evan. Israel. 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 So, Ray, we'll let you start because you're the one that kind of got this whole thing going. Tell us about your experience with Israel. When did you go for the first time? And how did you get involved now leading trips? I went for the first time in 97, I want to say, 97, 98. Uh, went with Fred Lowry. That was my first trip. Um, my roommate was Eddie Faith. Hey, mm. there you go. Who went on this trip? Yeah. Still exactly. a part of Simple Church. Yes. And uh, I think this was his third trip. This was my fifth. Wow. wow. Um, Jinx. <laughs> you owe me a coat. <laughs> so it was it was a great trip, that first trip. You know, we've had different guides each time. Yeah. This last trip, we had an excellent guide. Yes. It's awesome. So when you first went that first time, what were you thinking? What made you want to go? What made me want to go? Yeah. Just to experience, you know, yeah. see what, what, what it was all like. Didn't have a clue, but uh, wanted to go the whole end, walk where Jesus walked. There you go. <laughs> I That's like awesome. that. That's a good holy answer right there. That's right. And John, this was your first time. It you was. Your wife, Teresa. Yes. And what were you expecting going into that trip? What made you want to go? Mm, my wife made me want to go. <laughs> That's, a, That's the real answer. That's unedited, That's folks. True. That is true. No, all, all kidding aside, um, it was a bucket list item for my wife. She had, uh, we had planned on going a couple of years ago, and then COVID struck. Yeah. And delayed the trip. She was super sad about that. Uh, I jokingly said leading up to the trip that I was 37% as excited as she was. <laughs> That's a good number. About going. It was up to 40% before I left because I learned that we were going to Masada, which is a military-type place there that we'll talk about maybe later. Uh, but, yeah, I went in there um, not really know what to expect, probably similar to what Ray did in the 90s. And, uh, honestly, it was overwhelming. It was awesome. It That's was cool. way more interesting than I ever thought it would be. Which let's is, explain to the listener about Teresa. Yes, she so my wife, Teresa, she yeah. works at Bozier Elementary as a school secretary. But if she had her druthers, she would be a Bible theologian and probably a professor somewhere. And knows uh, her stuff to do it. Or she really does. Or <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. After this trip, yeah. 
Uh, and she picked it up from my mom. Uh, interestingly enough, my mom was probably as close to a theologian as you could get without the education. She was self-taught. Uh, well-read and studied in the Word, and whenever I married my wife in 92, uh, Teresa and my mom talked at length about things of the Bible from the time we were married and moving forward. My mom passed away in 2011, so they had from 92 to 2011 together. But the reason why Teresa was so engaged in those conversations is she was raised Catholic most of her life, and they don't encourage you to read the Bible hmm. in the Catholic faith. It's, it's not part of that um, practice of faith. Uh, you're basically um, kind of taught the Bible from their readings every Sunday, and they're on a schedule. It, and, it's, and no matter where you are in the world, in the Catholic Church, they're reading the same reading on the same day. I never knew all that until I met my wife. So she had very limited knowledge of the Word, she did go to an Assembly of God church for a short while before we got married, and that really kind of lit her fire as far as interest in God's Word. And then my mom just set it ablaze. So uh, anyway, that's where her interest in the Old Testament in particular came from. So this trip truly was a trip of a lifetime for her. It's awesome. And Ray, you helped make that happen. Did. He did. How did you get involved leading trips? Let me think about that. Um, I just decided I wanted to go back, so I went back to the same company that we that Dr. Fred used, and uh, that'd be Discovery Tours. Discovery. Oh, give them a shout out. Tours. Yes. And cruises. And we don't talk about cruises though. <laughs> uh, yeah. Remember, I've had one bad cruise experience. And Ray, I took you on that. Raise you did. Bad. Yeah. Shame on you. Uh, <laughs> but I, I I thought it was funny because I knew John really didn't want to go, but I knew he was going just for his wife. Thirty-seven percent wanted to go. And so, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Evan. So, right. Up to 40 before he left. <laughs> yeah. But it, so I just like, you know, I was kind of laughing inside, you know, that he's going. and But I was pleasantly surprised when we got there and started experiencing. It was totally different than what he expected. John's heart grew three sizes. <laughs> yeah. He went up to 92%. I did. Oh, nice. No, I really That's a big did. improvement. That's awesome. So, John, when you got there, were you nervous? Were you all anxious about going? Were you, what was Not it? Not anxious at all, yeah. honestly. No, that never was really. I don't really get anxious with like travel. That's not really, you know, a worry of mine. So, and I know everybody was worried about the protest and the missiles coming from across the border. And that never really was a concern of mine. I was, <laughs> I was mainly concerned about the food. <laughs> Um, I have traveled internationally before. Justin has famously thrown me under the bus uh, in recent messages about uh, Africa. And there were some very difficult moments in Africa from a diet standpoint. You took Uh, a phone call in the middle of the (laughs) night. I did take a phone call on a mountaintop where there's no cell coverage. Um, But uh, so I was a little bit concerned about just the culture and the food and just, you know, some of those adjustments, and Ray had tried to ease my mind on that, and honestly, it was a it was a non-issue. There's plenty of things you can eat. Now, Ray will tell you that the food wasn't as good this time, but it was because of the season we went in. Mm-hmm. We actually went during a holy season for them over there, so their food was different for that reason. Gotcha. They were catering to the Jews that had come to the country for the Passover. Correct. Makes sense. Yes. <laughs> that, is their that is their main customer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I but you. it was really fine. So, yeah, so my, my anxiety was mainly just 
selfish, you know, oh gosh, yeah, I had plenty of crackers with me and protein bars and things of that nature, but honestly, I only had to whip out the old Ritz crackers at one meal. And that, sneak and get pizza out here, too. Oh, uh, no, he did. No, that, that was mainly Max's fault mm. because he was whining and moaning <laughs> about starving to death. And so, yeah, we had Johnny, uh, Papa John's pizza Papa one John. night. Yep. Awesome. So before we went, a lot of people were concerned about what was going on over there. Sure. So we had a meeting about a week before we left. And to calm their, their nerves, I asked them, I said, okay, all of you that have been to Shreveport in, in the last two weeks, raise your hand. Everybody laughed, and I said, enough said. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're if you live in Shreveport, we apologize for that <laughs> public right. service announcement. Ray does not that speak <laughs> for the simple church. <laughs> That's right. That I'm, statement. I'm just speaking truth. <laughs> you know our church is based in Shreveport right now. I know. Okay. Right just want right to right make now. sure you knew where you were driving every Sunday morning. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Let's pull out of that and talk about Israel, Ray. Well, so. let, me, let me say something else. Please do. Um, I, I, I really laughed about this one. <laughs> John went on his first senior adult trip. Yes. So the yes. demographics of the trip skewed a little older, huh? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Except for one person, Max, Max Ellis. Max brought down the average age a lot. He He's did. our intern. He's been on here before. Talk about it. He picked this as his senior trip as a senior in high school oh, yeah. and was the only one there that was of that age demographic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the second youngest person was my wife. That sounds yes. right. After Max. Right. And she would be, let me do the math. Oh, you want to say this on the air? No, okay. oh, I was yeah. about to say <laughs> it, Evan. She turned she, a certain age. She's young. She uh, looks so years. much younger that I can't even calculate it. There you go. Good answer. Good answer. She's 32 in my mind. <laughs> Forever. Ever. Okay. So, Ray, give us the overview of the trip. What are y'all doing when you go? What is, is it a mission trip? Are you building stuff? Are you, what are you doing on this trip? It is not a mission trip. It is strictly touring and learning about the Bible and about the culture, the country, the history, all of those things. Yes. It's uh, pretty amazing when you get over there and you get to see it, you know, to s- actually see what you've read about in the Bible for years. Yeah. And, um, and then once you leave, when you come back, when you read the Bible, you have a visual in Comes your mind alive. of what yeah. it looks like. I tell everybody uh, it's 3D. You're 3D. Somebody else said something else, another dimension. Um, when you go, when you come back, I can't remember what it was. <laughs> 4D. I can't 4D. help you because 4D. I didn't hear it. I didn't that. hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say that it's like drinking from a fire hose as far as the amount of information they try to give you in that trip because the tour guide talked nonstop. And uh, and it was all good information. It wasn't that any of it was, you know, not valuable, but it was a lot. So, and it's fast-paced. So, joking about the senior adult trip, I had never traveled with senior adults. Um, but kudos to them. <laughs> they kept up. There there was no lagging behind or struggling or whatever. I mean, they were getting after it. So, it was, it was awesome. That's awesome. So tell us. You was back there cracking the whip. Yeah, I was. Old Caboose was after him. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. That's right. So tell us some of the places you went, Ray. Well, when you first get there, you, you arrive in Tel Aviv, and we drive mm, 15, 20 miles up the coast to a little town called Natanya, and that's where we spend the first night. Beautiful. Then, right on yes, the oh Mediterranean goodness. Sea. Yes, on the Mediterranean Nice little breeze, little waves. It was wonderful. Slept with my sliding door open that night. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then we That's because my fan burn up. Oh, we do need to tell that story. <laughs> but we'll say. get to that in a That's minute. That's right. <laughs> so we get up the next day and we go to Caesarea by the sea. 
which is um, where John got to give his devotion. John Hagler. John Hagler. Yes, mm-hmm. not John the Baptist. Or no. No, he was gone. <laughs> he, he left a little while ago. <laughs> uh, it was a city that Herod built. Hmm. It's amazing, the, the, the mind that that guy had, the architecture. Um, he built an aqueduct. Then we went to Mount Carmel. Well, hold on. We got to hear John's devotional recap. What was the oh, what was geez. the basis of the devotional, John? He uh, sang for us at the devotional. Sang. I was impressed. I've never oh, heard. I was him hoping sing. this wasn't going to oh, come. Oh man! No, I. You know, my wife. Uh, you know, much like Reverend Rainey over here. If y'all don't know about Reverend Rainey, he writes down anything he's going to speak, which a lot of people do, word for word, or like an outline, word for word. word, for word. A lot of speech writers for professionals and such, so I'm not hating on the guy, but so <laughs> Teresa and Ray wrote out their devotionals Word before they ever left the US of A. Overly prepared, some might say. Right. My wife kept asking me, <laughs> Have you written down your devotional? And I jokingly told her, I said, I will figure it out between the hotel and the site when we're on the bus, which made her very anxious. <laughs> Because she's much like Ray, she's got to have a plan and all figured out. But um, as crazy as it sounds, I actually changed my devotional once we got to the site. You let the Holy Spirit work, Joe. Well, yes, possibly he was involved. I hope so. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) But really what got me is, and this is a silly, really, illustration, but when we got there, I failed to realize that that site was still used today for concerts. Huh. So they had converted into a like a concert arena for modern shows. So when when that happened, it dawned on me that, um, you know, here we are using this site that's ancient, and it's still being effective to this day. So it made me think of a couple of songs uh, in the Christian world mm. from the past, and one of them was the Newsboys, and he talks about um, the centurion. Uh, whenever he accepted Christ, you know, at that site. So I'll reference that song. But then going way back to the band Petra, yep, there was an album called Not of This World. It's one of their early albums. So I sang a line from that song. That was worth the trip right there. Yeah. And my point to the devotion was is that we fail to realize sometimes that we as believers, we're, we're really not of this world. We are aliens here uh, in the sense that not like with big eyes and green heads. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Although those are cool. Uh, that this, we're just passing through and that we really are on mission here, you know, to spread the truth. So that was kind of my devotional that. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, because they were using it for bands today, it made me think of a couple of bands and a couple of songs that had some significance to that area. Boom. See, Ray tried to throw you under the bus and it was actually good content. Yeah. And one cool thing about that arena, it was, it's right there by the sea. And for all these thousands of years, it's been covered in sand. Hmm. So it was almost preserved. Yeah, it was cool. To what it originally was. It was pretty cool. It was a great way to, it was the first site, really. So it was a great first one to go to because it was so awesome. I mean, for me, I chose the site. (laughs) This won't surprise anybody because it was, to my knowledge, and it turned out to be wrong, there was another one in the tour, but it was the only place that had a hippodrome. A hippodrome. A hippodrome, a hippodrome is a horse is, track 
racing track. Ah. It was there. Yeah, I know. It was there, but yeah. there was also one at another site. I didn't realize another site had one that I could have chosen. But your ancient racing fans. Exactly. Walked the same So down. I jokingly <laughs> chose it. Now, what's really funny about this is I originally thought I had the other Philippi. It was Caesarea. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I did a whole devotional in my mind for the other site that was Bill Allred. <laughs> <laughs> the wrong one. Never wrote it down. But, but I had it in head. my head, and then I realized, oh, that's, that's not my site. It just show you what a waste that. of time writing it down. But I didn't tell my wife that because she would have been really anxious I'm then. Tell her. <laughs> yeah, she'll probably listen to this. She's a listener. She's a listener. She probably will. Thank you, Teresa. If you're listening, I'm sorry, babe. That's right. Figured it out this way. <laughs> yep. All right, Ray. So we don't have to go to every stop, but just give us a couple more of the highlights, things that people at home would be like, wow, that's something really cool that y'all did. Where else did y'all go? To I like Megiddo. Uh, some people say Megiddo. But that is the fortress or the point that guarded the Valley of Armageddon. You don't have to stop talking, Ray. I signaled to Ray to do it to try to do this on the podcast. So just so the listener knows what just happened, he got a little bit away from his microphone, and Evan was Completely trying to help froze. him. Completely froze. I'm going, what? <laughs> kind of like better, me today. Ray. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, um, you know, overlook the Valley of Armageddon, and mm. that's... Which is an actual place, <laughs> not figurative, right? It is. It is. Um, uh-huh. A cool story. The first time I went there, we were overlooking it. Two F-15 fighters came up out of the ground because hmm. the whole Israeli uh, Air Force is underground in that valley. And when you're in that valley, you can visualize and see when the Bible talks about this is going to be where the end time war is going to be. You can actually visualize it. Yes, yeah. that could happen. It's so vast uh, where all of the armies could come together. Hmm. Yeah, it's massive. It's pretty cool. For sure. And Solomon kept his chariots and horses there, you huh. know, so there's just lots of history, history everywhere. There. Yeah. Uh, they did um, sacrifices there. You know, hmm. the pagans did that at that place. So just lots, you know, lots there. Uh, then, you know, we went to, I can't remember, did we go to Caesarea Philippi that day or the next? It was the next. So then we drove to the Sea of Galilee for our hotel for the next two nights and you know if when we think of sea we think of a body of water that's just you know you can't see the other side they should call it the lake of galilee because you can see the other side from every angle well if you remember the locals call it lake tiberius huh they don't actually call it the sea of galilee interesting because it's really just a big lake yeah and we stayed in Tiberius. We did. And yeah. Jesus did a lot of ministry around there, right? He Basically did. Around there. A lot. Capernaum is where he did a lot. A lot of, a lot of healing took place there. Um, and then we got to go to Magdala. It's a new site. I say it's a new site. It's fairly new. They just discovered it where they think or are pretty sure that Mary Magdala lived there. Hmm. And uh, one thing that just touched my heart there was they had a picture in this church of where the woman that touch the hem of Jesus's garment. Yeah. And it's, it's a picture. It just shows feet and robes, but her finger and it about three inches into her finger, you can see it turning where, you know, the healing, the healing taking place. Yeah, and cool. I love that, you know, her faith is what healed her. Absolutely. Yeah. And so you go to like the garden of Gethsemane where you at oh, the, yeah. um, that's when we get, the... uh, after we get through with the sea of Galilee, we, next. we went to Jerusalem and spent five nights there, you don't really count the last night because you're just going to get in your room, 
getting your bags packed and heading to the airport. <laughs> sure. That's, yeah. The journey home by far is the most strenuous part of the trip. It's never as fun mm-hmm. as the one going yeah. there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, on the garden, it was really cool because I can't emphasize enough how fast-paced this trip was. It, it really was action-packed. Because one of my concerns when you hear about a trip to the Holy Land, I'm just being transparent here, you're thinking, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> because, because homework. Yeah, it's just like I really didn't. I, I thought it was going to be slow, you know, because history class is slow usually. And but the the guide kept us moving. But there were moments, and the garden was one of them, where he had arranged for us to rent the private side of the garden. There's a public side that is literally like Disneyland for Christians. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just. It's wall to wall people. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, literally, I'm not kidding. It's it's a constant stream of people, and and that's neat to see that. But then you go across the street, and for a period of time, you get it to yourself. And uh, my wife and I leaned up against a tree. There's a couple of people shot pictures of it, which I appreciate having pictures of that. But we just leaned up against a tree, and you just had quiet time, mm. and you were facing the Temple Mount, you know where um, you know the temple was. And it was just a very, very introspective time, very quiet. Uh, and then as soon as you're done with that, it's right back to underground cave discovery or whatever's going next. But it was a nice little spiritual moment in the middle of all the, you know, touring. It's cool. Absolutely. Yeah, and there's just so much. And we, we got to go to the Dead Sea and got they got to swim. <laughs> He says they because, because. I, and I told my wife, I don't think I'm going to get back in it again, but you do need to do it once. Just to say you did it. Really do, because it's it's a bizarre feeling to get into a body of water, and no matter how hard you try, you cannot float. You can't not not float. You can't sink. You, you cannot sink. Down. That'd be a better way to say it. You can't sink. It is the most bizarre thing, and it's a little trippy. It's almost like you're swimming on the moon or something because your feet come out from under you, so you have to be ready. You kind of have to be, and uh, yeah, you got to do it once. Surreal. For sure. Have you been in it before? You just didn't do it this time. You never went? No, never. Ray, Ray, I thought you went one time. No, didn't do it. Mercy. Mercy. (laughs) We got to baptize 10 people in the Jordan River. That was huge. Incredible, yeah. pretty cool. My wife being one of them, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've I've had the opportunity to baptize both my kids mm. as they grew up, um, and that was super special. Um, but when you get to baptize your wife in the Jordan River, that's hanging right in there with it as far as special. So definitely uh, appreciated that chance. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. That sounds like an incredible trip, learning, seeing the place where that you could go where Jesus really was that I'm sure everywhere you went, there was some kind of piece of history or something that you didn't know, but Ray, we'll start with you. And then John, what was the one personal highlight of this trip for you? If there's one thing you could put your finger on Ray, you've been five times that made this one different, something that was special on this trip. What was the highlight for you? I guess, um, really two. Okay. Magdala. I'll allow that. <laughs> Magdala, like I shared a while ago. Yep. And then, uh, Antonio's fortress is, this is where, and it, it always touches me. Um, this is where we're underground, and we're actually on the road or on the the platform where Pilate confronted Jesus. Hmm. And you can still see the inscription in the floor where they used that played that game in order to to get his clothing. Oh yeah. 
And so I get to share a devotion there. And what really touches my heart where Jesus, Pilate says, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus says, it's you, you say that I am. And then Pilate says, what is the truth? Jesus said, I've come to testify to the truth. And Pilate says, what is the truth? And it just sends chills up me every time I'm there and I get to share those scripture. Pilate had the truth standing right next to him and didn't know it. Hmm. And how sad. But to, to be standing next to the truth and to just brush it off. Miss it's, it. ooh, it's powerful. Good. Powerful. For sure. John, how about you? Ooh, you know, interestingly enough, and this is probably going to sound odd to people, but it's not the sights that come to mind for me that were impactful, but it was people we encountered. Hmm. Um, one being the tour guide himself. Uh, he's a Messianic Jew and uh, very, very educated. What does that mean? Messianic Jew? Yeah. Oh, good question. Uh, basically, a Messianic Jew does believe that Jesus is returning. Uh, that's the fundamental difference. A, a, a true Jew, a non-Messianic Jew, believes that he hadn't come yet. The Messiah they're they're come waiting back. for the Messiah. So Messianic Jews practice a lot of the Jewish rituals and practices, but they do believe in Jesus. But they keep those ancient. Correct. Traditions. So it's a blend. I think so. I've heard before that your wife is pretty close. She's borderline. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think uh, I think if we weren't a simple church, she probably would be at a Messianic Jewish church somewhere, which pray for me. Um, I know you're listening, babe. Uh, <laughs> might but, say that when... Jerusalem or Israel was established in 1948. There were only 12,000 Messianic Jews. Now there's over 200,000. Wow. Right. right. So he was really cool and just, I don't know, I mean, just uh, just an awesome guy. So that, that was a highlight for me. But then people that we encountered there, two more come to mind, and then there are sites connected to them. But we went to Golgotha, um, and there was a lady there that was kind of our guide of that experience I want to say she was from... Ireland. There you go. Thank you. Somewhere over there. (laughs) Um, Not America. Not America. But so sweet and so genuine and was truly broken when she was sharing Mm. the story. Now, it was an odd sensory experience because you have her pouring her heart out and with full authenticity, I mean, moving... And Golgotha is located right next to a city bus terminal. <laughs> and, it, and that's true of a lot of the sites. One of the things that I wasn't prepared for, because of the age of the city and how quickly it's modernizing, you'll have a holy site right next to a commercial business. Hmm. And that was the most glaring example, because literally you'd be looking at Golgotha, which is place of the skull. It's a hill that looks like a skull. And then right to the right of it, just a few degrees Modern off. life. <laughs> yeah, you've got a, a bustling bus terminal with diesel engines and horns. And, but she was super sweet. And then there was an artist in the old city uh, that um, does original art. We brought Justin back an art piece that was kind of a, a play off of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> but he actually gave away uh, a piece of art to every person on the tour. That's cool. Like. But his heart is what you sensed. He was very genuinely appreciative of us being there. And you could tell that he was an authentically genuine, you know, crazy good person. Hmm. And the reason why I point out those three glaring examples is because the other shocker for me is 
how different the culture is as a whole. Um, yeah, we underestimate Southern hospitality hmm. where we live. Uh, we live in the South, of course. We don't really travel far from the South on a regular basis. We might go to Dallas. We might go to Arkansas. But when you get to Frankfurt, Germany, or Tel Aviv, or Jerusalem, I mean, there is no hospitality. It's a different culture. It's a totally different culture. So these personalities that I'm talking about that popped out in my head um, stand out as like a beacon. Bright spots. Really. It's, yeah. it's the craziest thing, so those stand out. But if I had to pick a site, moving away from people, I mentioned earlier Masada. Uh, it's out in the desert. Um, I like deserts anyway, I guess because I've lived around trees my whole life. I just love different topography. But uh, it's a military site. It's a big plateau uh, that was a strategic site. And it's just fascinating how much they got done with no technology and no equipment and no mm. machinery. I mean, it's, it just blows my mind what they could do back then. And it was all done by masses of people, hmm. you know, thousands of workers versus steam shovels and, you know, power equipment and what have you. So, and then one of the reasons why that site will always stand out is, you know, of course, this trip, all kidding aside, was primarily for my wife. Remember, 40% are here. And uh, when we were up on top of Masada, there's a scribe, a Jewish scribe, that actually stays on top of that plateau in a little air-conditioned, basically like a little hut. little cave. little cave. And I, and I, I hate to say it, but I noticed his cave because I saw his mini-split unit <laughs> outside of his cave. And it was, that was the hottest part of our trip by far. And I was like, ooh, air-conditioning. <laughs> Is that a bathroom or, you know, what is that that has air conditioning? Anybody who knows me, this won't surprise them. Nope. So I was tuned in like, ooh, I want to step in there for a second if I get a chance. So we sat right there as a group and had a teaching right there. And I noticed this scribe's little cave. You could see a glassed area in him writing back there. Didn't think much of it. Well, the guide goes over to that cave and speaks to him for a minute and then asks the group, does anybody have an upcoming birthday? Well, it just so happened Teresa's was that upcoming weekend, just a two or three days later. So she throws her hand up, you know. So they bring her up into that scribe's little cave. I come with my camera just to record whatever's about to happen. We have no idea. And uh, he asks her what her husband's name was, and she says it. And he starts drawing this piece of art for her. It's two hearts and some words that I can't read. <laughs> and uh, he goes to hand it to her, and he starts singing happy birthday to her. And she starts crying. And I was like, I will never top this birthday <laughs> gift. I mean, how Nailed can it. you ever? <laughs> We're on top of Masada in the Holy Land, and a Jewish scribe is singing happy birthday to my wife. The perfect chair. And nobody prearranged it. There was no behind the scenes making that happen. And we joked about the Holy Spirit, you know, helping with my devotional earlier. Um, I was like, I literally in my heart said, thank you, God. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is, because that's not a gift that, that I could ever think of or create. And it was like a gift from him. And then she got one more awesome experience and I'm going to shut up. <laughs> While we were in uh, uh, Golgotha in that area. It's a big garden also, and uh, she was walking through the garden, and she was rubbing the rosemary bushes as she went by them. She's always liked them, and the gardener saw her doing that, 
and he rushed over and he clipped off some fresh rosemary and presented it to her. Hmm. She starts crying again. And I was like, you know what? I mean, the trip really never was about me, but getting to see her experience those moments, I mean, it's priceless. So that's my favorite moments. Those are great moments. Absolutely. So, Ray, we're going to wrap up here. Are you going again? Yes. Oh, it's on record now. That's right. They've been pressuring you to do it. And we have people that are interested, want to listen. How would they go about getting in touch with you if they want to be a part of that trip? They can just get in touch with me through the Simple Church. How's that? Perfect. Boom. We got the link in the show notes there. You can reach out to us. It will get you email connected with Ray and say you're planning a trip sometime in the future to be determined. 2025. 2025. All right. So we got some time. And the reason why there's a gap I'm, I'm going to get practical for a minute sure. for folks. The reason why you don't go every year is it takes a while to save up the money. Sure. It's about $5,000 per person. Now, that's your airfare. That's your hotels. All your food, food is covered. only thing you got to take money for is tips and, and gifts and souvenirs if you want to buy those. So start saving now. Got, got a couple of years. That's right. I would highly encourage it. Mr. 40 percenter is a 90 plus percenter now, so <laughs> that I would encourage you. And that was the last thing I was going to say. Go ahead, Ray. Um, be sure you can walk seven miles a day. <laughs> right. Start training. And get on and off a bus and yes. go up 180 steps at one time. Yes. And back down at one time. Yeah, he's not talking about me. I did fine. Yeah. Good job, John. <laughs> Our whole group did really Yes, great. they really did. The best I've ever had. That's awesome. That's great. So if you really are interested in this trip, we'll get you in touch with Ray. We'll figure it out. Get in touch with us. We'd love to do that. So, Ray, last thing is somebody's like, you know, after listening to all this, I'm still like 37%. What <laughs> would you say to somebody that they aren't sure or you think that they don't really want to go or even after this they're not convinced? Was there anything you would say to them, anybody that would be like, you know what, I really should try this? I think it will change your life. I mean, it brings you closer to God. That's what we try to do at all the devotions is to take what you're seeing there in the Holy Land and apply it to life and bring it back here and live it. There you go. Boom. Thanks for doing this, guys. Thanks for talking about the trip. Yes, sir. I'd love for you to be a part of that trip. 2025, be here before you know it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Backstage with the Simple Church. Make sure you subscribe. Get a new episode each week as they come out. Make sure you leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening to this podcast. It helps. It gets people to find it easier, and we'll be back next week. <laughs>